Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, visit our website at overflowdfw.com. Um, so today we are going to be talking about physical healing. So I am super excited. I loved the last series that Pastor Josh did about somebody needs to wake up. Um, so I loved the last series that Pastor Josh did about rivers and just about how the spirit, like we as um, staff members really just believed that the Lord was really wanting us to come into a season of just fresh and newness in his spirit. And um, a lot of you, if you were here two weeks ago, you heard the cool thing. I think it's so awesome that Pastor Josh asked me without even knowing that it was the seven year anniversary Um, a birthday of the church, he asked me to come and speak and how just um, what the Lord is doing in my life and in in the church, how it's just, you know, marrying each other so well. It's amazing. So as many of you know, my husband and I were dealing with infertility for two years. And if you were here two weeks ago, you know, you can start to see kind of a bump. I'm pregnant. (laughs) So um, I just kind of want to talk to you guys about my testimony because a lot of you guys actually don't know all the ins and outs of it. And it is a really awesome story. The Lord really just like blew my husband and I away in how he brought my healing into my life. And so if I cry, y'all, I'm pregnant. Okay, so just give me grace. (laughs) Um, So um, here, hold on. Let me get my thoughts together. Okay, so... um, We had been trying for two years, and honestly, as Pastor Josh said two weeks ago, he got a word for the church, and it was that this would be the house of the open womb. And so when my husband and I started trying to have a baby, honestly, we were like, I mean, we're in the house of the open womb, so we better be ready when we start trying, you know? But it took us, it had been almost two years of us trying and nothing, which is, as a woman, if you've never dealt with infertility, first of all, I'm so happy because it is so hard. But secondly, if you don't know, I'm going to kind of enlighten you. As a woman, it is very hard on your identity. And so for the last two years, it was really rough in my personal walk with the Lord, just because believing, being a charismatic believer and knowing that the Lord heals, but not seeing it in my life was really hard. And reading Bible verse after Bible verse of people being healed. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I don't understand what's happening. Like, why am I not seeing that in my life? So after two years of believing and trying and we weren't pregnant, I decided to make an appointment with a fertility doctor. Now, many of you don't know this, but I had a lot of symptoms of a disease called endometriosis. So I had chosen my fertility doctor specifically because she specialized in endometriosis. Now, no one knew this except for, I don't even know if my husband knew this. I only maybe knew this. So um, I made that appointment at the end of May. And then the very next week, um, a guy named Ron Campbell came to the church. And he is a prophet. And now, if you know anything about my husband and I, my husband if there is a prophet in a five-mile radius, he's getting a prophetic word, which is honestly so annoying sometimes because I'm like, hello, like he, uh, he married me. He chose me. Where, what, what is great about me? Tell me, you know, which that's not why you want a prophetic word. I know, but I'm, you know, you know, okay, you got it. I know y'all have thought it too. So, so this time I was like, Lord, like I really want a prophetic word, okay? And so we walk into the building And there's probably like, there's probably as many people as in the room right now as there were at the, um, 
night with Ron Campbell, which is quite a bit for a Saturday night event. And I remember just looking around the room and I was like, okay, Lord, you know what? Never mind. I don't need a word. Like, look at all these people. I'm sure they need one way more than me. I won't be greedy, you know. There's another time. I'm only 26. So, but I really felt the Lord immediately tell me, I want you to know that I see you. And I was like, I mean, I can't argue with that. So, so then I was like, okay, Lord, I mean, if you're going to give me a word, I want to be pretty specific about what I want. Okay. So um, I really want to know that these things that I'm moving into in my life, that it's things I'm called to. And a lot of people didn't know this, but that same week, um, I had also applied for a songwriting group. So no one knew this except for, I think, Leslie and Nathan. And so Ron Campbell comes up to me and he starts giving me a word. And I'm like, here it is, y'all. Yes. And so um, he tells me, like, he calls out that I'm called to lead worship and write songs. And I was like, okay, whoa, Lord. Okay, I know he hears you. And then he kept saying, and I'm sure, actually, I think a lot of you were here. Um, he kept saying, you feel like you're a good housewife and a good mother. And I remember thinking, homeboy, I work like 60 hours a week and I work part-time at a church. I am not a good housewife. My husband's a good housewife. And I, yeah, baby. And I'm not a mom. I can't even get pregnant. How can I be a good mom when I can't even get pregnant? And he is praying over me and all of a sudden he stops and he's like, wait, are you even a mom? And I'm like, no. And I start bawling. I mean, I think everyone was bawling. And um, he starts to declare over me. He's like, he's, um, you know, commanding infertility to leave. And I'm like, yes. And then he actually calls out endometri endometriosis specifically. And I was like, oh, here's your Lord. Okay. And then he says, this is a generational curse over your life. And I hadn't said any of these things, but I had been thinking um, because my dad was the only person on his side of the family who could get um, pregnant. My aunt, it took her seven years because she had endometriosis and it took my uncle, it didn't take him, he never had children he adopted. And so for me, I just was kind of starting to worry that that was going to be what happened to me. And so when he spoke that, I was just like, oh my, like, I'm going to get to carry a child. Like, I'm going to get to have a baby. I'm, I would love to adopt. I still want to adopt. But in my head, I was just like, oh my goodness, my body's going to function. And so after that, I just was like, okay, here it is. It's true. It's the word is spoken. The promise is there. I'm going to cling to it. So every day, I, and when I drive to work, I'd listen to the prophetic word. Every night before I went to bed, I'd listen to it. And I still bawled every single time. I'm like, yes, Lord. And um, a month passes and I'm not pregnant. And I'm like, what? That's not how it's supposed to work. Um, and so I was really disheartened. So I still had to go to my fertility appointment because if you don't know anything about fertility doctors, they booked up. You don't get an appointment for another like three months. So I was like, I'm not missing this appointment. So I go to the appointment and everything is fine. Like she takes my blood. It's fine, which actually was a miracle because my husband can attest to this. I have been anemic for years and years and years and years and years. And I was no longer anemic. And I was like, okay, the Lord's moving somehow. Even if I'm just not anemic, that's amazing, okay? Um, and so um, that was a month and a half after I got that prophetic word. Then a few months, or a few weeks later, my friend comes into town and she had been trying to get pregnant too. And she's at my house. It's the night before her birthday. She tells me she thinks she might be pregnant. She takes a test. She's pregnant. And I'm like, 
super excited for you, dude. That's amazing. But hello, like I got a prophetic word. Where's my pregnancy? And so that night we go to bed and I'm laying in bed with Nate and I'm like, which many of you know, I'm not a physical touch kind of person. And I just told Nate, can you just hold me? Because I'm really sad right now. And he just holds me and I'm bawling. And I'm like, I keep saying over and over again, I know one day this is going to be me, but it sucks that I'm not pregnant right now. Like, I know one day I'm going to see a positive pregnancy test, but it sucks that it hasn't happened yet. And I go to bed all weepy and sad because I was feeling bad for myself. And then I wake up in the morning and um, go to church. After church, I'm like, okay, you know what? I have, I had um, appointments with my doctor. And I couldn't go to those appointments until some things happened in my body and they weren't happening. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, why is my body not working the way it's supposed to work? I've had it for two years. Be like this. Lord, come on. And I'm feeling just annoyed and frustrated. And I go to the store and I had said to Callie that day at church, I was like, I just don't want to see another test tell me I'm not pregnant. That's just, I just don't want that. So I go to the store, and the only kind of tests are the ones that say the words pregnant and not pregnant. And I was like, Father, Spirit, help me. So we go home. I'm not thinking anything of it. And I take the test, and it says pregnant. And I'm like, oh, no, that's not true. I take like four more tests. And every single time, I'm like dropping on the ground, bawling. Nathan is like running around our house singing and dancing. Our, our dog is chasing him around. It was so much fun, actually. And um, so we are calling all of our friends who have been praying for us, which it was a lot of people. And we were, pray- we were calling our friends who didn't live in town, who we couldn't tell in person. And at the end of that, I remember sitting at the end of the bed, the same bed that I had been so mopey in the night before. And I was like... Every ounce of sorrow that I felt for those two years is worth every ounce of joy that I feel in this moment. And I'm not going to cry. And I just began to realize in that moment that when Jesus brings his healing, everything changes in a moment. And that's what's so good about it. Yes, for two years I didn't see my healing, but when it finally came, everything changed. And I started to understand that verse that says, he turns your mourning into joy and your sorrow into, I'm probably butchering it, dancing, and you're dancing and you're happy and you're not sad anymore. Um, And so for me in that moment, I just had this revelation of sometimes healing does take a while, but when it happens, and who knows when it's going to happen, right? When it happens, everything changes. And so I want to talk about someone in the Bible who this happened to. So if you have your Bibles or probably your phones, we're going to read in Luke 8, 43 through 48. Okay, it's a little bit of scripture, but you probably woke up too early to read your Bible this morning, so here we go. Um, And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years, and though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and that's Jesus, and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, master, the crowd surrounds you and pressing in on you, and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone touched me, for I perceive that power has come out of me. 
And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and I lost my spot and falling down before him declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well, go in peace. And so when you read through that, the first thing that you see is this woman is like literally broke. She has no money because she spent all of her money on physicians. And she still hadn't been healed. And how many times do we do that? I know I'm guilty. I was ready to go to all the fertility doctors and find out what's wrong with me and find out what to do um, because I've been tired of waiting, if we're honest. This woman waited for 12 years. I can't even imagine, 12 years. Then the next thing we see is that she touches Jesus's garment and she's healed immediately. And what I love, it doesn't say it in this scripture, but it was free. The one treatment she tried that was free, it healed her. And we have access to that, you know? And so I'll get into this more into detail in a second, but I think many times we believe, yes, Jesus died for my sins and he paid for my debt and it's free, but we forget that he also died for our healing and it's free, you know? And so the last thing that amazes me about this story and we can also mirror it in our own life, is that she was scared to reveal herself to Jesus. I'm not saying you need to be scared to reveal yourself to Jesus. I'm getting to the point that we can also mirror. Um, So she was scared to reveal herself because in those days she was considered unclean because she was still under the old law. And so whenever you were unclean, you couldn't have physical contact with anyone. And if you touched someone, you made them unclean. And so could you imagine for 12 years not being able to touch anyone? And this woman is going through a hard time. Like, I can't imagine, I went through infertility for two years and imagining no one ever hugging me, no one ever rubbing my shoulder, telling me, hey, it's gonna be okay, I'm praying for you. She didn't have any of that. And then the first person that she gets to touch is Jesus. And instead of him becoming unclean, he makes her clean. And that's the same in our life. When we come to Jesus and we touch him, guess what? He makes us clean. And so that can be perceived in our life in, you know, our own living circumstances or healing. And so something that's always like intrigued me about that story is like, why did she say, I must just touch the hem of his garment? Like, why not? I got to touch his hand. I got to, you know, what, what? his feet, his feet, that seems biblical, but she wanted to touch the hem of his garment. And I would, before I, I had known I wanted to preach about this, but but I hadn't started really digging into it. And in my daily reading, I was reading Mark 14 and not Mark, Matthew 14, Matthew 14, 34 through 36 says, and when they had crossed over, they came to a land of, I'm not even going to try to butcher that name. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent around to all that region and brought to him all who were sick and implored him that they might just touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. So here's another part of scripture, we're seeing people just wanting to touch the hem of his garment. And I just didn't understand. So I started doing some research um, so that you don't have to. And so in Malachi 4.2, and I'm sorry, I don't have the scripture up here, but Malachi 4.2, if you want to look it up, but it says, but for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings. Now this is a prophecy about Jesus. And so 
That word wings is the same word that says borders in Numbers 15.38. Are you trekking with me? I know, it's hard because I didn't give you the scripture. I'm so sorry. Numbers 15.38 says, Speak to the people of Israel and tell them to make tassels on the borders of their garments throughout their generations and to put a cord of blue on the tassel of each border. So this woman believed this prophecy about Jesus, that he was the Messiah. And she knew if he was the Messiah, if I just touch the border of his garment, I'm healed. That's it. So really with us, all we have to believe is that Jesus is the Messiah. We're healed. And um, for us, it looks like humbling ourselves and getting close enough to Jesus to just touch him. And I love that Jesus is so accessible in all of this. Um, and so today I really wanted to pray for some healing, but before we do that, I want to tell you what the word says about his healing, because I know that for me, I went to Bible college, but I hadn't really been taught about healing. And so I believed, but I didn't have like scriptural sound understanding of how Jesus heals or why he heals. And so I'm going to give you some truths about healing before we pray for some healing. So the first thing is that Jesus died for our healing. And Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquity. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Now, the very first part is talking about how he died for our sins, he paid for those. And we believe that so easily. So easily we say, okay, yes, you did, I'm saved. But we forget that he also was pierced so that we could be healed. He died for our healing. And he wants us just as easily as we take his, his, um, his death for our salvation, he wants us to do that for our healing. It's that simple. And I think so many times we have to, we think we have to have some certain amount of faith for him to heal us. And let me tell you guys, I'm just going to be honest. When I got healed, when I found out, you know, I was pregnant, which I forgot to tell you all the best part. Dang it, Brooke. Okay. So the best part is that I, um, I actually was pregnant when I went to my fertility appointment. I had gotten, I had I had conceived the night before. And so we, I was already healed. I'd already, um, when I went to my fertility appointment, which is amazing, like the doctor did nothing, which she's amazing. I'm sure she does, she does a lot for a lot of people. But in our circumstance, that was all Jesus. And I love that that's part of our story because it's not like we could say we did anything because we didn't. I tried all the things and they didn't work. And so... I don't even know where I was at in my sermon when I said that, but um, so here we go, and we're talking about Jesus died for our healing, and so um, y'all, also, pregnancy brain's a thing, so sorry if I get off track. Yeah, when I found out I was pregnant, I already told that part, though. Found out. It was great. I'm healed. Woo! Okay, so number two is that Jesus came to bring heaven to earth. Okay. Matthew 6, 9 through 10 says, Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, 
this was when Jesus was teaching the disciples how to pray. And it starts off and you're saying, holy Lord, you're, Father God, you're so holy. And then the very next thing that he tells us to pray is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He tells us to pray for heaven to come. And now when we think of heaven, it's not just some mystical place. In heaven, there's no sickness. There's no disease. There's none of those things. So when we're asking heaven to come, we're asking that there's no sickness. There's no disease here on earth in our physical bodies. And so I think many times we think that healing is so hard to attain, but really Jesus wanted us to just walk in it like it was normal. Um, because he came so that heaven could come here. And that's got to be our ultimate goal as, as Christians. One of our ultimate goals, not the ultimate, but is for heaven to come here on earth. Because we're supposed to look like Jesus, and that's what Jesus did. Jesus healed, right? Yeah. Okay. And then the third thing is that Jesus came to give us authority to heal. Now, I know that I was guilty of not feeling like I had the authority to heal that I would pray for people and they wouldn't get healed. And I was like, well, maybe like, I just don't have that gifting. But Mark 16, 17 through 18 says, and he said to them, so this is, let me give you some context of this verse. So this is after Jesus had died and he came um, back. He was, he rose again and he had revealed himself to several people and the 11 disciples that were left didn't believe that he had risen. And he kind of rebuked them. And then right after that, he says this. He commands them to do these things. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink deadly things, it will not harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. These are things that he's saying will happen if you believe in him. And I think it's so easy for us to be like, yes, go into the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. And that's amazing. And you see so many people do that. But he also told us that if we lay hands on the sick, they will recover. And I think sometimes we forget that that's part of what Jesus wanted. When he came, he gave us the Holy Spirit. He gave us the power to do that. If you have the Holy Spirit, you got the power, okay? And so there's no special words you have to say. There's no special prayer you have to say. I think we complicate it sometimes. We think, oh, well, I don't have the gift of healing, so I can't pray for people and them to be healed. But... Every single one of you, if you have Holy Spirit and you know Jesus, he wants to use you to bring healing here on earth and have heaven come. And so um, Matthew 7, 7 says, and ask and it will, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Now, Pastor Josh kind of talked about this two weeks ago. And when he was talking about it, I was like, yes, that's exactly how I felt when I got healed. And the part that really sticks out to me is knock and it will be opened to you. And when you're knocking on a door, sometimes people don't answer right away. I know, sometimes I don't answer right away. So when, if you just keep knocking, someone's gonna come to the door, right? And I think many times with us in seeing different miracles in our lives or 
asking God to move in specific areas and not seeing him move right away is disappointing. Listen, I get it. I lived it out for two years. And it's hard to continue to believe that he wants to heal you when you're not seeing it. But with Jesus, there's so many times in the gospels where we see him heal people who have been sick for years and years and years and years and years and years and years, and, years, and then he heals them immediately. It's, it wasn't a long process for his healing to come. It happens in a moment. And so who's to say that your moment isn't today? You know what I mean? Who's to say that, wow, that was like really poetic. <laughs> Those songwriting classes are paying off. Um, uh, but who's to say that today isn't the moment that the Lord wants to heal you? And I just want to encourage you, in your disappointment of not seeing your healing right away, don't stop knocking. Because, because he wants to heal you still. If you haven't seen it and you've prayed 5,000 times, which I'm pretty sure I prayed more than 5,000 times. 5,001 could be your golden number. You know what I mean? And so also just a random add-in. I was watching... Whoa, I got real cute and loud. Um, I was watching a video by Todd White this week, and he was um, talking about healing. And one of the things, it was actually a woman. She asked him, why, I have faith, but why have I not seen my, seen my healing manifested on earth yet? And Todd White tells her, you, I can tell, like, you're a genuine woman, but a lot of times when you have a, you, you pray for healing and you don't see it right away. It's because we live in a fallen world. And the reason that we don't see healing right away is not because Jesus doesn't want to heal you. It is always his will to heal. It is never his will not to heal, will not to heal you. He always wants to bring healing. It's just sometimes we live in a fallen world and it doesn't happen right away. We don't see heaven come to earth right this very moment, right? And so I just want to encourage you, if you have been dealing with some sort of sickness for years and years and years, you honestly, honestly, when I was praying for this, I was like, I feel like there's some people who forget that they have sicknesses or forget they have pains because they've lived with it for so long. The Lord still wants to heal you and he still can heal you. He still will heal you. So um, we're going to pray for some healing. I'm going to have my ministry team come up. Um, Also, who knows how many people need, honestly, let me just encourage y'all. Do not be afraid to ask for healing, even if you've asked a million times. And don't be afraid to be honest. I think so many times I put it on myself and was like, well, I'm not healed, so I must not have enough faith. But that the Lord never, ever, ever said that to a person if they didn't get healed right away. He never, ever told them, you need to increase your faith. You aren't having enough faith, so that's why you're not healed. He never said that. And so I want you to just remember, it's not on you. It's on Jesus. Jesus already did it. And so we're just asking right now for, for the Holy Spirit and for Jesus to come so that you can see it in your body and that today is your moment. So I'm going to pray real quick and then other people will pray real quick. So Jesus, I just thank you that you came and you died so that we could be healed, that we didn't have to deal with infirmities, that we didn't have to deal with pain. Father, I thank you that everything with you changes in a moment. 
that our pain is healed, that our sorrow turns, turns to joy. Jesus, I pray today that people who have dealt with illness for years and years and years, that today will be their day, Jesus, that they won't have to ask another time, that they won't have to bawl their eyes out in their car anymore, Jesus, that today will be their day and that that they'll be the next ones telling their testimony of how good you are, Jesus. I pray, Father, that any healing that happens in this room today, it's all for your glory. It's not the one who's praying for them. It's not the person who got healed. It's not on any of that. Father, it's on you because you're so good. So Holy Spirit, we just say that you are welcome in this place.